Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Hello, and welcome back to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast. It's me, your favorite fantasy football fiend, Zay. We're starting out one heck of a week. I believe that there's going to be a little bit of movement on the front this week. We'll get into that. We'll have our second segment of the offseason risers and fallers. We'll be going over your running backs and your tight ends today. With me, as always, my main man, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? And my guy, bro, Joe. Holla at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? First and foremost, we have to give our moment of silence for for the fallen one, Dwayne Haskins. If you guys have not heard about this just yet, Dwayne Haskins, former champion quarterback of the Ohio State Buckeyes, he passed away on this Saturday due to injuries from a accident with a vehicle, which he was in South Florida training with. It seems like everybody's in South Florida right now training from the NFL, but 24-year-old, soon to turn 25, May 3rd, he ran out of gas on the highway on his rental car and he ran across the interstate ended up getting clipped by a dump truck unfortunately that was a deadly encounter that evening so we definitely want to give a brief moment of silence for one mr Dwayne haskins And now your fantasy news. Uh, A sharp change, but we must continue the show. And I would like to continue the show by starting out with screw you, Adam Schefter. And you too, Gil Brandt, based on your comments that were made on one, Mr. Dwayne Haskins, it's it's one thing to be callous. It's another thing to be disrespectful. And I'm not sure if you guys saw their comments or not. Did you see the, the tweet that Adam Schefter put out there? What, what Gil Brandt? said yeah, on Saturday. I, I seen both of them extremely, man, I don't even know what word I want to use. I think we would have to make up a word. And I think that word would be ash holish. And Gil Brandt comment was just the worst. I mean, oh my God. Like, you know, it, it one of those things where, you know, as an athlete, it, I know they feel like you're just here for entertainment. No one really cares about you as a person, you know, that you're really someone's son. You're really someone's brother. Hey, if you're not performing, then screw you. You know what I'm saying? It's like being in a circus in a way, as an athlete, professional athlete, that is. And these both of these parties just show that that's true. 
You know what I'm saying? Even at, at your worst, while people mourn, this dude has a real family. You decide to make some real slick comments about his gameplay. Like, what does that have to do with what's going on at the moment? Right. It's just awful, man. I was heated because I was already on Twitter, you know, looking for some bets and stuff. And what bothered me is people were like, oh, you know, it's no big deal. And it's like, dude, like, you wait till somebody pass and you talk about their, like, NFL career as opposed to them being a human being. Like, why do you have to disdain somebody and say something like that? And then with Gil Brand, it's the same thing. Like, uh, we can already say within ourselves that's something that we wouldn't do. But this is a 24-year-old kid. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way to justify it because he's no longer with us. But to to say these things, I go back to the 2020 draft. Like, this is shit ESPN do all the fucking time because he is signed to ESPN. Like, that whole draft was a slap to every motherfucker that's black. Wasn't that the one where they had, like, the, I, I forget the dude's name, but they were like, yeah, his mom was a drug addict for 12 was, years or 16 years, something like that. that and there was, was another one. Draft. That yeah, was, like, it was like, it yeah. Was like, and then I showed you the other example when the Oregon kid got drafted, oh, all American. And, da, 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 da. and I think what people don't understand is like Adam Sheffer has been having to he says something, didn't have to retract it. And yeah. If it's all for the sake of being first, don't be a journalist. Just just be, you know, be vague in what you say. But to say something like that is is crazy. Gil Brandt, I hope he die because he already 90. So that's inevitable. But it's just like you don't say shit like that. But at least he offered an apology. I'm not saying it makes it any better. Man, I, I'm, usual, like. I have a, a certain, I would say, sentiment as far as it comes to apologies when something so cold is done or said. You're yeah. not sorry for what you did. You sorry about the reaction that you got to what you did. And had you okay. not gotten that reaction, we wouldn't have heard nothing else from you. What Adam Schefter said was about football. What Gil Brent said, that was just, that was, that was I, I don't, I can't, I don't know how he rationalized in his mind that that was going to make sense. That was far beyond the pale. I'm sure if you watch ESPN or, or if you have numerous apps, you've probably seen the quotes that they've said, or you can quite easily Google it. Very easy uh, to find it, or you can go straight to Twitter to find it. They need to have some serious repercussions when things of this nature happen. If if it comes down to it, just talk about football. Don't talk about life because you obviously haven't developed the skill set to be able to decipher when a little bit of decorum needs to be used. Just talk about football and then no one cares whether or not you're harsh because it's a game. But, but you when know you're talking about a 24-year-old losing their life. I, I do want to say I applaud Des Bryant and Lamar Jackson for finding that not cool. And I think that's the thing is I don't care what I understand these athletes are like real uneasy. People would make it rationalize and then like, oh, it's not a big deal. It's not like he wasn't telling the truth. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, like people don't die that way. You you know, the remembrance of somebody and this is a good kid. Like, so Forget his college, like his college and NFL career. Well, he did phenomenal college, but in NFL, this kid was a beloved kid. Everybody across the community, like from Ohio State on to the NFL, they even had Chase Claypool was even crying because he was just with him. Like this kid was always remembered for having a smile, for being, you know, a, a jubilant person, someone with a high energy. Let them be remembered that way. Because when yo ass died, I'm going to say some fucked up shit because that's how you want people to remember people who passed. I'm sorry, to, I'm, I'm just agitated because it's not enough athletes saying like this is wrong and it's crazy because it was nothing okay with this and for des bryant and only lamar jackson to say something that's crazy to me like there were a few other athletes that spoke up as well but they, they're kind of nondescript a lot of a lot of former ohio state buckeyes like cardell yeah. jones cardell yeah was also one of them that spoke out at the end of the day think about it 
It's a 90-year-old white guy. I mean, so what do you think his, mm-hmm. his mindset is in America? So you can't really be that surprised. Things like this come out. I mean, and the media is controlled by who? So the likes of ESPN, that 2020 draft or whatever, it's not really a surprise because who's the person that's pulling the strings in the background? Just like the, uh, I think it was the linebacker from the Seattle Seahawks, head of the, you know, the domestic violence. Oh, no, uh, offensive tackle. He's offensive tackle, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the offensive tackle from the Seattle Seahawks that had the domestic violence issue with the, the young black lady, you you rarely seen it on TV. It was spoke about one time, boom, that was it. But you see a lot of like the Ray Rice and other, other situations that is dragged and dragged and dragged for weeks at a time. That's just what we live in, you know what I mean? The media controls what the people see, and they're going to put people of color and minorities in that position and cover themselves. It's the way it is. And it's sad to see, but it's like, it is what it is until it ain't. With that being said, we will go on and continue with the show. On a much lighter note, another quarterback is back in the news, and it seems that it may be trending in a good direction for this young man. Right now, unlike years past, there's actually betting odds now on Colin Kaepernick being picked up by either the Seattle Seahawks, Baltimore Ravens, or Carolina Panthers. Right now, the Seattle Seahawks are the betting favorites at plus 650. And if you know anything about betting, plus 650 isn't anything to write home about per se. But just the fact that it's actually in the sports books right now means that there's a little bit of oomph behind it at this point, if you will. Seattle and the Panthers could do a whole lot worse. You see them pretty much just been a backup with the Ravens if the Ravens wanted to go ahead and move Huntley. But there's a little bit of traction here. There's been a lot of talk by Pete Carroll about Colin Kaepernick. So if it was going to be a team, I could see it being Joe's favorite team. I, I would definitely go his direction before I went the direction of Baker Mayfield or Drew Locke. Me, honestly, I think it's all smoke. Uh, I don't see him being on an NFL team. And I even the Seattle Seahawks, they're known for it. He's, Pete Carroll's done this before with Colin Kaepernick. He'd been said before years back that Colin deserved an opportunity. He didn't give it. Even when Tara Owens had a trial with the Seattle Seahawks, he didn't even play that bad. If you watch the, you know, him in the preseason, things like that. Teal didn't play bad at all. He got cut. It's just for show. I don't see them actually sign this guy. It's just talk. I'll be extremely surprised because I know this guy hasn't played football in what, five years. I want to say it's been about five years. I think Pete Carroll, just he just blowing smoke. Man. I don't see it. My whole thing with Colin is just like, you've had opportunities because other leagues have offered him deals once the whole thing with the NFL was going on. And he never took a crack at it. And I'm not saying, you know, we already know he's being boycotted by the NFL. We already knew what that was. At what point we don't hang it up? Like, I get it. You you in shape. You, going, you got an arm, all this different stuff. And I, I just think it's just a waste of time. Like, you got another ad coming out with Nike. You got a book coming out. You got some, you know, some anthropy you want to do. You need to kind of kickstart it. Like, what are we doing? I, I can I can understand that. Definitely, I can. But when you look at Andy Dalton, Case Keenum, the Teddy Bridgewaters of the world, I mean, Taysom Hill was looked at as a quarterback for a second. Like, these, these guys that, that currently have NFL jobs aren't really on the same level as him. And for him to come out and say, hey, I'd be willing to be a backup, I think more than anything, at this point, what he's trying to prove is that beyond anything else, it can't be anything other than him being blackballed. Like he he wants to, at this point, I think more than even play football, prove beyond any shadow of doubt that this whole thing was orchestrated 
And it's a, and we we all know this already. But when you come out on national TV and you do an audition, if you will, at halftime of one of the most watched spring games, you're trying to put on a show for a reason. When you come out and you tell the media, hey, I'm willing to be a backup quarterback in this league. You're making sure that you are writing your own narrative at this point versus teams or owners being able to come out and say, hey, well, kind of like how they do with uh, Cam Newton. You know, well, you know, he, he's a starter, but we just don't want him to start. And if he's not going to start, I don't think he'll be good for the development of the young guy. Like, like he's getting rid of the opportunity for any of them to say that that was the ultimate reason why he didn't get another opportunity. And if he never gets another opportunity, again, we have to understand that these little portions of the ordeal will also weigh in as we look back um, on this thing as far as, you know, 10, 20 years from now. When we really look at it for what it's worth, I think it's going to look even worse than what it looks like today, because we'll see the fact that you got guys that can't even tie up their shoestrings anymore. You can't tell me that he's not better than Ryan Fitzpatrick, Tyler Heineke. You, you just got way too many guys with jobs out here for this guy to say he's willing to be a backup and, and not even have a jersey. He could have did that four years ago. Like that's my whole thing. He wasn't talking mm -hmm. that tune about being backup quarterback all those years ago. Now at thirty, no, well, well, I, of course he wasn't. I wouldn't have either. He was just a. He was coming off of a NFC title showing just a year or two prior to this. So I mean, at that point in time, I wouldn't have been willing to say, "Yeah, I'll be a backup either," because he but knows I, for sure he was better than most of the starters and definitely all of the backups. But I would, I would, I would have liked to see him play somewhere else, play Canadian football, play somewhere else, because there were those offers. And then I have to say, like, I understand, like, if you want to play for whatever, whatever, you you know, stick to your guns. Stick to with Colin. It's hard for me to be like a big Colin, Ka like a big Colin Kaepernick fan, even though he's done a lot for communities and all the and all the different. Um, things he activism and stuff like that it's just like bro you took a settlement you and eric reed against whatever findings y'all had of collusion of you know whatever the nfl was doing that stuff is inadmissible whatever text messages emails whatever it's inadmissible so you've been paid you've been paid really well from what they estimate between 60 to 80 million dollars eric reed had 10 million dollars for this uh grievance which is all speculative numbers, but more likely than not the numbers. Like, bro, like it's like it's like you want to keep going back to somebody who told you what it was already. And but at this time, you don't take opportunity to do something else. Even Terrell Owens is playing football right now for some no name league. Yeah, after like ten years or something. But <laughs> but at, at the at the end of the day, though, I, I believe that you have to kind of put people on blast sometimes. Yes, they took the settlement, and by all rights, they should have because they can't be employed anymore. You know how much you get paid in the Canadian Football League? Next to nothing. Like it wouldn't have made sense for him to go out there get paid pennies, putting his health at risk, possibly not being able to play physically anymore due to an injury injury or whatever the case may happen and you were getting paid pennies to do it like it's like I, I wouldn't have done that either if i could simply go to court and get 80 mil for telling the truth so i mean like honestly like that that's the only way to make change in america nowadays like you either got to be put on blast on social media and then the the, the pressure from you know all around kind of gets to you and you make a decision to make a change based on that pressure not based on the change of heart or you got to hit them in the pocket. Like that's the only way people even consider the, the things that they do that would be classified as wrong or things that they do that can be classified as out of the realm of the norm, if you will. The only way you can get to some of those guys is by hitting them in the pocket. And I, I think that's what 
Kaepernick did. And, and, and there was a pretty good chance that even if he not, even if he didn't take that settlement, that he wasn't going to be able to play in the NFL again. So he had to do what he had to do to secure his future and the future of his family. But with that said, we'll go ahead and get down to the uh, issues at hand currently with football in and of itself. So little bit of news, not quite as much news as the norm, but we have Melvin Gordon, who is in talks with the Ravens currently. No contract has been offered just yet, but it looks like the Ravens are kicking the tires on Melvin Gordon. This is kind of interesting in the fact that last year they had so many injuries at the running back position. And it looks like they may be trying to get a three-headed monster, or maybe they're looking to move on from Gus Edwards. But if this does go down, or for that matter, even if it doesn't, it does show that they are looking to add another quality back to that backfield. I am not exactly sure what this means for J.K. Dobbins. I'm not sure if that means that <clears throat> right in line, or <clears throat> if he is possibly if well here's the other thing to consider the last time they had this sort of a setup was when they had gus jk and mark ingram and when they had that setup all three backs were still very much usable in fantasy just because of the sheer amount of volume that they run the ball in baltimore most teams nowadays have a committee this team would have a committee plus enough actual carries to go around that they could all still be fantasy relevant i definitely saw Dobbins being one of those, you know, game breakers, year winners, if we were just going into the season with the two-headed monster and then maybe a rookie or something as that third guy, um, which still possibly may be the case. Um, because again, again, there's no contract with Melvin Gordon, but that does indicate that they're looking to go full-blown committee versus two-headed monster. I've been trying to tell you about JK in that situation. Now, I think that was the last show, actually, or maybe two shows back. Y'all was on me about it, and if this if this deal happens, forget about it. The only comp- the only difference between the comparison with Mark Ingram when they had a three headed monster was Mark Ingram wasn't twenty eight years old when they did it, so it's a little bit different. Melvin Gordon is uh twenty eight years old, so it's a little bit a little bit more wear. I mean, less wear on that car, and that car may get a little bit more. You know, what I'm saying chances down the street than Ingram. That's what I'm gonna go with. Like I said, man, don't be don't be ready to jump on the JK train yet because I know they wasn't a hundred percent full blown on that. And them bringing him in to speak with him, it just shows that. But I was correct about that. I'm still definitely on the JK Dobbins train. Actually, this would make him more of a value, in my opinion, if they do get a guy like Melvin Gordon, because then his draft stock is gonna go down from where it currently is, which is about the third round. I could see him dropping down to the fifth or sixth round and still being that guy that because of where you were able to draft him, could definitely do you quite a service. Yeah, he may be more valued because you feel he gonna drop. I hear that, but- Oh, they get Gordon, he's definitely gonna drop. Well, who would be the starter, uh, sir? Oh, JK, it's not even close. It would be be no different than than right now what's going on between Gordon and uh, Javante Williams. And Gordon was the starter, sir. He wouldn't be this year. That, that's what I'm saying. Like, like it, it would be no, regardless of whether he stayed with the Broncos. You can't, you're not comparing J.K. to to, to uh, Javante right now. I, I am. I am absolutely doing that. Well, All right. That's let me, actually a good conversation. Let me let me go on mute right now. You know Please I mean? do. Because because it because one guy's one guy's coming off that an injury. injury. Exactly. Oh no 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 no. See uh, see that's here we go here we go. Without that, if I was six ten, you know what I'm saying. If I was six eight. I would have been clowny. You going to let me finish? You know what I mean? No, but what I'm saying is you said- That's not what I was about to say. No, but they're not compared. 
You can't compare them. One is coming off an injury. One is coming off an injury where he missed a whole season, and one is coming off a, a great year. He's so you saying that that running backs don't recover from from not from, all, not all, sir. Have you not heard the news about J.K. from from the people that I don't want to hear news. Him? I want to see to production. See news, you know how much news. Hey, Joe can tell you this. You know how much news you hear in the spring. Oh, this guy. Well, nobody can hold him in practice. He's all over the place. Boy, he's unstoppable. They say the same thing about Peoples Jones last spring. I mean, J- Peoples Jones is unstoppable in Browns camp. So, hey, I, so that's why I got. No, 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 no. I'm not talking me, about no camp. On, I'm talking about what he did in real life football. No, no, no. Let me finish. I need to see it on the field, sir. I'm not talking about. You must have not been watching football then. That was the reason they watching, got rid of Ingram. Because because wear and tear. What you that's mean? That's not the reason they got rid of Ingram, bro. All right, bro. They got rid of Ingram after he had a, a ten touchdown season. He was one of the best fantasy players that season, bro. That and don't then they mean. and then they drafted Deke. And then they uh, I, I was about to say DK. Then they drafted JK. And JK put up numbers with Ingram he on was, the team and Gus. Was, what are we he talking was, about? He was a next man up. So okay. now he has an injury, and now. You got to see what he is like after the injury, but you can't compare him to Javante right now because Javante is the top dog in all fantasy football rankings. Javante probably like a top six running back right now, not JK. And where where was Dobbins prior to him getting injured last year in in that draft? He, he was not in the top six on no list. The hype train for JK oh, was man. just as high as the hype. No, train no, it was not, bro. That's not true. Okay, That's not. He was not a top six pick. Like you go and look at any ranking leading to this season coming Javante up. Javante Williams is not a top six pick. Go look at some rankings. They got this guy ranked high up there. He is not a top six pick, bro. Okay. I say, I say ranking. I say ranking. I don't know what he's gonna get picked. At. You, 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 you you're talking about. You're talking about just running backs, or you're talking about just just general? running backs, just running backs at the running back position. They got this guy up there. Derek Henry just had a serious foot injury. Correct. Next year, are we taking him off at the list and saying he's going to regress anyway? According to what Vander said. No, yeah. because Derrick Henry actually came back and played. Okay. So, I'm, I'm just asking so it wasn't that question. serious. Hold on. It wasn't that serious, though. Compared to two. Come on now. No, no, no. I'm just, I'm just asking. To do, I just want to make sure. Like, I'm, I'm looking at Derrick Henry right now. Am okay. I that's co- that's not compare apples to oranges. It wasn't that serious. Derrick How Henry was that did apples not, and oranges? Because Derrick Henry did not miss the whole damn season. He came back and played. What are you talking about? What so you're mean? saying if he if he only missed 12 games instead of 16 games, then you would look at him. Who the hell missed 12 games? Well, eight, however many games Henry oh, missed, see, eight games, saying? nine games, whatever. That's what I'm saying. I like to it was give me some facts. Injury. Give me some facts. It's I don't know. I don't like when people just throw random numbers out there because oh. people get in people, the audience, they get confused and they believe this shit. It's what not the true. hell are you think you doing talking about JK? That, uh, I'm, 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 I'm talking about facts, just, sir. What are you know talking what? about? This guy was not ranked that high okay. going into last season. That's so a fact. I, I, I position it that way is that to, to Vander's point, I don't know if you or if you want to let the audience be misled. Dobbins is fucking ridiculous. He is ridiculous. If you want, like, in the same conversation, I put him in that Nick, he between Nick Chubb and Jonathan Taylor as far as his ability. I'm with, I'm with Zay. I want people to think that Melvin Gordon's going to go over there and Melvin Gordon and da-da-da-da. Bro, if Melvin Gordon's that nice, he would have went back to the Broncos. Broncos still have money on the table 
for him to go right back to the Broncos. Period. He's gonna if he was to go to the Ravens, he's gonna again the league minimum is seven hundred fifty thousand. He probably might come in at two million dollar range with all these other little mediocre running backs. But he's a pass catching specialist in addition to his other skill set. They bringing him there to catch some balls, pause in every facet, super pause. But that's his skill set. Melvin Gordon is a really good pass catcher out of the backfield. So like we under we we thinking too much. Oh my god, uh, Melvin Gordon. No, Melvin Gordon was that nice. He would be getting a hefty bit of change to go somewhere. Atlanta dying for a fucking running back. Why isn't Atlanta banging on his phone? He knows his market. He's a 30 years old. He's not he's a not third. See, again, false information. He's 28 years old. Carry on. He'll be now, 29 when the season Now carry on. Oh my God. We off by two years. Oh my God. So t- see, that's let's talk about facts. I'm not okay, so we talking about facts. You, what kind no, of you say you off by two years? You know what two years mean? Two years means you can't go in the store and buy alcohol because you're 19. So two years is, is mean something. Don't act like give the man his two years. He's 28 okay, years old. He's not 30. What is it? What is it amount to this off season? That's what we what that's what it's telling. Of a hey Joe, let, let, let's talk about some other facts, right? Is it a fact, or is it my, or is it just my opinion that the younger you are, the more likely you are to come back stronger from an injury? And is it a fact that J.K. is only twenty-four, and that Derrick Henry, the other guy that you brought up, I'm just bringing him back up because that's the name you brought up, is close to thirty years old. You bring are, are you, those, you are those two different injuries, man. I'm just I'm just talking about the guy that, that you brought up. Derrick Henry has, he, I think he's about, I think he and Gordon are the same age. If I didn't say, bring him up. Close to it. At the end of the day, when we're talking about injuries and we're talking about injuries that are long term, the fact is the younger you are, the more likely you are to be able to get back from it. Derrick Henry is almost at an age now to where it's just the wear and tear that he's received from the carries that he's gotten and his age in general puts him on on that on that train heading out of the station versus heading in. If you tell me that you have a 24 year old that had an injury that medical advancements has made it as such that it's not even a, a, a big deal anymore. More often than not, people come back from I can't even remember the last time someone that was good prior to an injury like this at that age came back and was just spelled like had nothing left. It, it I, I can't remember anyone in the last probably five or six years that was that young, didn't have multiple injuries stacked on top of each other and weren't able to come back as good as they were before. At the end of the day, I believe that JK is he's the guy and we're going to see much more of that heading into this season. And and I hope everybody feels the same way about him that you do, because that means I can get me a starting running back in like round six, round seven. I'll be more than happy to take that. We got a couple of wide receivers who got extensions, and I'm tired of people using my team to get paid. But um, Brandon Cooks got an extension. At one point, we thought that he may have ended up becoming a Patriot, but that did not come to fruition. Seems like everybody is uh, that 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 wants an extension is going into Patriots uh, territory and seeing what numbers they can come up with and going back to where they came from and saying, hey, you see what Bill was willing to offer me? What you going to do? Same thing happened with Leonard Fournette. Brandon Cooks does have a two-year extension with the Texans. And Stefan Diggs has a four-year extension with the Bills. So it looks like those guys are going to be staying put for a little bit of time here. To wrap up the news, you have Daniel Jones, who after the neck surgery that he had, he's feeling good. He's ready to go as they start their off-season programs this week, actually. So another 24-year-old guy, pretty significant surgery, uh, neck surgery, kind of kept him out throughout the year last year. And he will be back and ready to go. So it looks like Brian Dabble has his QB. The Giants are going to be another one of those teams that, depending on 
how the wind blows, you may be able to get some significant value with their fantasy players just based on the the stigma, I would say, that's kind of on them right now that kind of makes their players seem a little lackluster. Guys like Kenny Galladay, guys like Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones, all of these guys, if they don't get injured again, they would be able to give you one of those starters in the latter round. Saquon, we'll see what goes on with him. He's stacked injury on top of injury on top of injury. Hopefully for, for his sake, he'll be able to kind of turn it around this year. It'll definitely both well for him that he'll actually have a decent offensive line that that's been a lot of his issue as well as Daniel Jones they're, they're getting hit in the backfield before they have any opportunity to make much out of most of the plays that are being called outside of that pretty much wraps up the news for this week Rob Gronkowski still is non-committal as far as whether or not he's going to play I just want to let the two of fans know that two and Tyreek had been working out since uh, April the second on the two elevens. Unlike some athletes that I have something against, if you will, I have nothing against him. I really do hope that he pulls it all together and makes what we've seen on the field thus far his immature days, if you will, prior to kind of leveling up. Which you know maybe Tua might be one of those guys at the uh, in the in draft season that you can get for a ham sandwich, and he ends up being a little more than what we thought that he could be just based on the pieces around him. Let's go ahead and hop into our next segment, off-season risers and fallers. Let's go ahead and hop right into it with our running backs. All right. So running back off-season risers and fallers. So for you guys that didn't catch last week's episode, the way this works is we are going to talk about a specific player once we kind of give our notion on uh, what the offseason changes for that player should look like and should uh, do for that particular player. We'll be able to give our opinion on whether or not they are an offseason riser or faller and what that's going to look like for fantasy. Our running backs first on the list, Mr. Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon's uh, team, the Bengals, they have done some extensive work on the offensive line this offseason. I believe this is definitely going to bode well for Mixon. If you guys don't know, he was actually one of the top rushers in the league last year, and that was with not even a semblance of the offensive line that they were able to put together this offseason. So for both Burrow and Joe Mixon, uh, for all parties involved, really, I can see the numbers increasing just based on the fact that a lot of those games where there was nine or 10 sacks, that's going to be nine or 10 additional completions or additional first downs or additional carries versus them giving the ball back to the other team because they couldn't keep Joe Mixon or Joe Burrow upright and breathing. So I can definitely see Mixon as a riser from this offseason. No, I like Joe Mixon. I mean, moving forward, all for the things that you spoke on. I mean, anytime you bolster your offensive line, I mean, it's, it's always a plus. I mean, then he's, he should be seeing some really good boxes. Yeah. Being that he has three dangerous wide receivers on the outside. And a tight end. Right. Nah, for sure. I, I definitely like Joe Mixon. He's had a double-digit rushing season this past season. And um, I could very well see him increasing that. Maybe 15 I'm going to say 15 rushing touchdowns should be his floor. You think he can make a run for top three? Top three uh, fantasy running back? You mean as far as finish? 
Yes, yeah. For sure. Yeah, he should, he should definitely be in the conversation. And the thing I love about him is the fact that we both, as seasoned fantasy players, can see his ceiling possibly being a top three <clears throat> running back, while at the same time, he won't probably be picked as a top six running back. No, or, no or not he, at all. He, he he may round out at number six, just depending on the just depending on the um the fantasy player. But you'll be able to get this guy if you start with let let's say two wide receivers or a receiver and a quarterback or something like that. You'll still be able to get this guy as your first running back, um, in most cases. So, nah, for sure. I mean, I mean, like you said a little bit earlier, you touched on like a lot of people don't know. He, I mean, this guy finished third. You know what I mean? So. And it seems like Joe Mixon is one of them guys that it seems like he's been in the league for a long time. It does, don't it? You know, he's what I mean? a young guy. Yeah, he is. So he got one of the better looking offenses in the NFL, to be honest with you. I agree. So he's one of the, and he's in a great position. I mean, if the offensive line play is great, you got a great quarterback, you got great wide receivers around, you great tight end. You shouldn't see no stack boxes. This guy, like I said before, 15 rushing touchdowns should be the floor. He had 13 this past season. But with the bolster offensive line, like you said, with a little more opportunity, I could definitely well see him get at least 15 plus on the ground. Yeah, I I, I have him since it's it's um risers or fall. I'm gonna have him as a faller. Only oh. the attractive with him is just can he like his health. Like I'm agreeing to everything I just said, but health is the only detractor with him. That's that's all I can say. I, I agree with everything I said, but I just gotta put the health concerns. Now I, I gotta ask one question. He's played sixteen games. Why would you say health? Yeah, but every game down there come out with a new injury. I, it's a, it's a sustainability. Is he gonna project to play no. all seventeen games? He played sixteen games this year. What are you talking? About? I'm confused. Okay, so let's go back to 2020. Let's go oh, back to 2018. God. Let's go back to 2017. Like, I mean, 27. No, I, I don't remember who I dated in 2017. You, okay. you I mean, like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Say, like, come on, like, get the message. Like, it's crazy when when the thing when the spotlight is on Dobbins. I don't understand. I don't know. I don't know. But what now you, that I'm telling you, you, I'm you not again. You comparing apples to oranges. I'm, this it, guy, it, just, this I'm, guy, Dobbins. Godabas had an injury last season. I ain't going back five seasons. This guy came off a sixteen game season where he it played the whole season. But, but okay, but now, what are you now talking if, about? If, if if we're gonna look at all the facts though, the season that he just had, he came off of an injury riddled season you. the season prior. So if if your if your mindset going into the going into this year was that I, I'm not going to depend on the guy that had a significant Bro. injury last year. Then you when Tom Brady when Tom Brady got injured and he played the next full season, I wasn't thinking about his injury two years ago. That's a quarterback. That don't matter. An injury, oh, damn. Injury is what an injury. We have to do what an injury is, is an injury. The man just played a full season, man. I'm not thinking about it. I'm not but thinking what, about what, it. What, what have you done for me lately? He stayed healthy lately. I'm gonna believe okay, that. So what I'm saying is back to your point that you made about Dobbins. I don't know if he can stay healthy. You said that in 2021 he played 16 games, great. But the season before he missed, he missed no, the rest of the season. Bad comparison. How many games did Dobbin play in 2021? Dobbin is a. Let me look it up. In 2021, how many games he played? You talking about last year, right? Yeah. He didn't play any games. Okay, then. So I'm not trying to compare him to Joe Mixon. But how? But how is it not the same thing? If 20 the year no. before Mixon missed, I'm not the going whole back that far. 
I can't remember who I had. How we going back? How we not? How's that going too far? How's it going back too far? Hey, what have you done for me lately? The okay, man well, has but, 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 played on, a whole Van, season, man. Vander, Vander, I, I think I think you, you're missing the, the significant missing detail. I, no, I'm not. So, no, I'm not. How, how, what have you done for me? Because lately? the man been in the league five years, right? I, I believe so. Yeah, and he had one injury season. I'm not. I'm not. Man, no, no. What, who's, the, who's only been injured one time? Uh, yeah, you talking yeah. about Mixon? Yeah, he only had one. He had one injury. He had one injury season. He's had multiple injuries. He had one injured riddled season, bro. The rest of the his rookie year, he played fourteen games. The next year, fourteen games. The next so year, two games, both of those. Sixteen games. Okay. And then he played the six games, and then now he back the sixteen. So he had okay. one injury riddled season. So, so okay. So, 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 so calm down, calm, calm down for a second, and, and I, I want you, I want you to listen to the words that are coming out of my mouth. Okay, the year after he only played six games, right? Which would be the 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 year that he had his best season to date, right? So the year after that, based on your current logic, when you're talking about what have you done for me lately, you would have missed out on mixing. The year after his most injury riddled year, based on your current logic, that's all he's trying to say. It's it's not about looking three years ago. It's saying that literally the year after his most injury riddled year no. was his best uh, year in the NFL. Brother, brother, that, brother, man, brother, man, you're wrong. I would not have missed out on mixing because I've seen what he can done, what he can do before he got injured. That's right, different. that's what I was saying about J.K. No, but you Come never no, but it, it it's not compared. JK How? didn't have the seasons that Mixon. JK didn't have the seasons that Mixon had. Can I say these injuries? Well, he couldn't because Mark well, Andrews was there. Well, well damn it. Well, damn. Beat him out. He did. That's why they got rid of him. All right. Well, he got hurt. His ass got hurt. And yeah. We're not going to compare him to Mixon. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Mixon coming off 16. Head cranial concussion, 20, December 4, 2017. Ankle, 2017. 2018, knee tear. 2020, leg shin bruise. 2020-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2021-2
with okay. Lamar Jackson. Okay. One man is, is alone. Or is that not a fact? One man is alone. I don't know. Is it? One man is alone. One man is in the committee. I mean, I don't know the comparison that, but go ahead. I don't know. I think. Wait, wait, wait. We 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 talking about two different things now. Obviously, you want to go no, with a, a guy that's nah. not in the committee first. Like I, I don't I don't know where that. But, I but never argued. Y'all listen. We talking about Joe Mixon. Y'all keep going back to J.K. Let that go. I didn't bring up J.K. We talking about I, Joe Mixon. I, I, I didn't say that J.K. was better than Joe. Uh, was put up better numbers than Joe Mixon. No, I, I didn't. I never I didn't, said that. I didn't. Who brought up J.K.? I did because okay. We talking said, about Joe Mixon, right? I I said. Right. Joe Mixon to me isn't a riser. Uh, my concern, taking into account, is his injuries. That's it. You know, somebody's going to get injured. Which running back is going to be, or hell, which running backs, wide receivers, and quarterbacks is going to be, we'll never know until they go down. But all things being equal, as we will say, barring injury for the remainder of the segments of both wide, of running back and tight ends, barring injury, I think Mixon has one of the highest seasons. Um, ceilings, excuse me, based on the fact that they should have some serious attempts in the red zone uh, just based on big play capability. So Mixon is going to have the opportunity to have some of those games where he doesn't even have to pull up a lofty total as far as yards are concerned, but because he catching the ball out of the backfield and he's going to have the goal line carries, as Vander alluded to previously, with no one to take away his goal line carries or the carries between the 20s, other than to kind of spell him if he is uh, a little tired there. Outside of that, there's no one there that's going to, at least at this moment, who, who knows, they might be able to get uh, a rookie or somebody else to come in like that. But outside of that, there's no one that's going to be vying for his carry. So I, I definitely see him as a riser just because injury aside, if he was able to be a top rusher last year with that offensive line, and now they have two guys who are a year older, year more mature as far as the rookie guys that they had. And then they brought in three studs. So I can see this season being one of those greatest show on turf type seasons for the Bengals. Whether or not that'll equate to wins will depend on the defense. The moves that they made, I can see the, the tide kind of rising all boats, if you will. Josh Jacobs. So... For me, Josh Jacobs is in a similar situation as Joe Mixon. There's not a guy currently on the team who I see as being his equal or being able to take away carries from him. And based on the pieces that are all around him, he's kind of in a similar situation. You're not going to be able to stack the box. Um, he might actually even be in a better situation because there are two guys that you almost have to double cover. At least with the Bengals, Chase is the only one that you have to double cover. It may behoove you to double Higgins if he starts to get off, but you don't have to double him. With the Raiders having Waller and Adams, I don't, I don't, it's it's gonna be a pick your poison type situation. And that's not to sneeze at Hunter Infro, who is a beast in his own right. So I just don't see how you're gonna be able to focus on Jacobs. And Jacobs has been able to be a highlight reel on a lackluster Raiders team. Now, with what they have on defense as well, getting the ball back to the offense a little bit more often than what they've been able to do, you got to realize they're going to have one of the strongest pass rushes out there. Josh Jacobs is another one of those guys that I believe not only is he a riser, but he's one of those guys that you can get outside of the first few rounds, get your, you know, 
your stud right receivers that are going to have consistency versus having to get your back end wide receivers that'll win you a week one week and then lose you a week the next. If you started out with those guys that are studs and consistent on wide receiver, and then you were able to get yourself a Josh Jacobs at running back, oh, well, you kick him with hot grease at that point. I mean, being that Jacobs only had uh, 872 yards rushing this year, um, he had nine scores. Um, I'm definitely going to say Raza. I mean, I think he only go up from here, being with the new regime that's coming in. Uh, he was injured too, wasn't he? Well, he played 15 games. He dealt with a foot injury this year. Gotcha. So he didn't even miss much. Only way he can go is up, it seems. With the new regime, the new additions with the players around him, um, the Raiders already have a pretty good offensive line anyway. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I think he don't get those opportunities, like you said earlier, where you can know at the big plays, you know, Devontae gets dragged down at the two-yard line and, you know, stuff like that. He'll just punch it in. So I can definitely see him having a, a, a way better season. He finished 13th this year when it comes to running backs. And I definitely think he can go a lot higher than that. Yeah, I think I think he's definitely going to be a riser. I like his skill set. He can catch, he can run, and I think that's just going to benefit him in this offense. So I expect him to get even more involved uh, pass catching out of the backfield with Josh Daniels. The next guy that I had on the list, I'm actually going to scratch, and it's because he's an easy riser. I was going to bring up Javante Williams, but there's no way to go but up for him. So I'm going to replace Javante Williams with Devin Singletary. So Devin Singletary of the Bills, it looks as if they were trying to possibly upgrade at running back. But once you went out and got Duke Johnson, that kind of told me that they were willing to just have another guy just in case Singletary got hurt, even if they get a rookie. Well, depending on the rookie, because there's some rookies out there that that aren't your, you know, Walkers and uh, Bryce's of the world that can still be fantasy relevant starters just depending on the landing spot but this guy i can kind of see going either way that's why i kind of replacing javante williams with him i think he may actually be a riser um just because the value is built in like this is one of those guys that if you go zero running back like, like you're not even sniffing the running back position with your top picks he's going to be there and if he can put together a season that is anywhere close to the way he ended last season, he may actually be the steal of this draft. The only thing that scares me is Singletary. I know it's a fallen riser, but again, it's one of those kind of like cruise control guys for me um, because the Bills haven't quite shown that it's his team. They still want to split him and Moss up. I'm not really worried about Duke Johnson coming along, but the, the whole Zach Moss guy still kind of like bothers me um, with him being on the team. Now, uh, Moss, I know he ended up getting pushed back to third string, even when he was healthy in, in, in points last year. Mm-hmm. And they had Breida, uh, in which is Breida, did Breida, is Breida somewhere else now? Didn't he He's go somewhere He's on the Giants. Oh, oh okay. Dabble, yeah. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. So, yeah, he ended up following Dabble, so that may actually end up being worth talking about as well. But mm-hmm. of those guys, he, he chose Breida versus Moss. And Moss was actually the third string guy for most of last year, even when he wasn't hurt. So I think Duke Johnson may end up being a third string guy. But I also believe that Moss's position is submitted, at least as of right now, they believe that Moss is not superior to Singletary. Or or maybe there was something going on in the background where Moss was never really healthy. So he really never gave 100% because he couldn't at all last year. I don't know. But what he did those last five games, I mean, my goodness. 
Yeah, I, I mean, if they if they gave him the if they gave him the reins and say, man, we're gonna roll with you, then I definitely think he'll be a riser. But I just need to see that. You know what I'm saying? I just want them to show me that. You know, because he hasn't has a he haven't had a thousand yard season. Hell, he hasn't had a nine hundred yard season yet. And um, not because of the ability, because he's averaging over a four and a half a carry. It's just because they haven't gave him the you know the opportunity, like a like a Rashad Penny or somebody like that, right? Right. When right. you just haven't gave them the opportunity, hey, I'm gonna give you twenty two carries. Fuck it, we gonna. I love that name. I you shouldn't have had I mean? that name on the list. Yeah, I shouldn't so have had that name on the list. I think he's in that ballpark with with with, with Penny, where like you said, if you go zero running back, these guys will be staring you at, staring you in the face, and they can very well they're gonna give you a lot of RB one weeks. I just wanted to see them. Give him the job fully. So if they if give even him the job with, fully, if, even if they fully give him the job, the only part that's a hindrance is the fact that your buddy uh, Josh Allen he he gets eight to nine rushing touchdowns a year. So right, right, right. When you think you're on the goal line and you about to get that running back to right. get that, nah. First down, right. you got the quarterback running the ball. It's like damn. Right. So that's that's the other thing that can kind of screw him over. He, he'll. He'll he'll do a good bit of the work, or for that matter, their design kid, runs as well. And this kid can actually catch the ball. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't know why they won't just go ahead and let him go. I mean, he's twenty four years old. I think. I mean, just let him go. I want to say this is one of the first years though he's been healthy. Like he's had little ticky tack injuries where he he's been out for a week here, a week there, and he he wasn't dependable based on not talent but injury. Well, he had, I mean, he only been in the league three years, and he missed games his first year. But that's it. I mean, oh, so this is he's going into four or this is three? Right. He's going into four. Okay, got you, got you, got you. Yeah, so he missed games of his rookie season, but the last two years he's been there. Wow, it feels like I don't know why when 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 a rookie gets hurt, like it feels like it follows him. Like, cause I swear it feels like Singletary was injured like all three years that he'd have been in so far. Yeah. Just still remember what happened his rookie year. That's crazy though. I think Singletary is definitely a riser. Overall, I think his skill set has got more refined over the years. For the most part, running backs we kind of cause they come in the league and they they have their claim to start them and they stay at that level. Sometimes people take a few years, and I think that's where it is with with Singletary. What I liked about him is during the last the last few games of the season, last four or five games, he still managed to get a touchdown, whether it's passing or still rushing. But like to your point, Josh does take a little bit of the rushing. But nonetheless, I think they're going to be more pass heavy without a Matt Breida in the backfield, someone who is a pass catcher. We're just going to see more of his skill set get utilized. And he's such a shifty runner. We don't see it because, oddly enough, the offense asked him to run a lot inside. But that dude, he reminds me of Sean McCoy, how he get busy with some of the angles he's I promise I was about to say that. I promise you I was about to say that. That motherfucker get busy. I I love watching him run sometimes. He's really physical to be so small in stature. I think he just doesn't have the top-end speed as Shady. But, yeah, that skill set is, yeah, spot on. Spot on take there. Last two running backs on the list here. Even right now, when looking at mock drafts and things of that nature, he is still being so disrespected for the season that he had, but he only had the season once in his life. What do you do with Cordero Patterson? Is he a riser? Is he a faller? How do you guys see this guy? He's a faller. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Last year was... uh, Lightning in a bottle? (laughs) Right. You know what I'm saying? I doubt we see again. I mean, he's now lost a quarterback. Uh, now, even though he's gaining a running quarterback, I just don't see him continuing those hot games he had early in the season this past year. He's not really a running back. I mean, I know he could play running back. He's playing it, 
He's a utility uh, guy. But yeah, but he's not really a running back. Right. Um, so I just don't. I mean, now if they still have the the slash wide receiver. They do. Them, they do. Uh, yeah. He may be a value for you, especially in the at a third spot. If he's your third wide receiver, then hey. I know sleeper does, but I don't think I think ESPN removed it, and I'm not exactly sure about Yahoo. But I know sleeper still has yeah. him as the wide receiver slash running back. So. I definitely pay attention to your platform, what you're playing on. Absolutely. If, he just, if he's just considered a running back, definitely a faller for sure. But if he can get that slash wide receiver sticker on him, he'll give you some consistency at that wide receiver three. Yeah, I want to make my right. I would like to have my wide receiver three for sure. One thing that I, I think is going to make him fall, you just brought it up actually. The fact that he has a running quarterback, you're no longer an outlet. A lot of those plays that he made last year, he was just improvising after Matt Ryan tossed him the ball to avoid getting sacked. Mariota's going to run the ball his damn self. So just not having as many opportunities, in my opinion, is going to make him fall a little bit. But we also can take into account that there are less wide receivers there than there were last year. So he may even have a more prominent role because they don't have a running back or wide receivers at this point. He's, he's going to be the the utility guy that on any given play may be the quarterback, wide receiver, or running back. So I, I, I just this guy confuses me. Like, but based on what he did last year, and again, what have you done for me lately? He's getting drafted way too late. Like this, this is a value of values. If he can do anything close to what he did last year, so he, he you say he's getting drafted late. He's getting drafted way late right now in, in the mock drafts. He's getting drafted. I mean, he, he may be forced to be a real wide receiver now. I mean, and because they, they have none, like you said. Right. I, I wouldn't be mad at that though. I, I could see them drafting a running back though. Since they I haven't bring it, they haven't bring in free agency. They got to go ahead, Joe. Oh no, I was going to say the same thing too, Vander. I I heavily see them getting a running back, even with the acquisition of uh, Damian Williams and everything. Still I forgot about Damian Williams, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, running back position, but for, for the same thing y'all, y'all said, I mean, I think he'll be focused more so as a receiver, and I think they'll incorporate things to kind of move him around as far as his skill set. It's hard. I, I, I wanna call If I call him a riser, I just think slightly, but I think it, it's TBD. We got to wait to the end of the right. Because the other thing, too, now, this is a wide receiver deep draft. So what if by the time the draft is over, we're back to seeing him as a running back because they didn't draft running back and they did draft wide receiver. So the draft is really going to tell the story as far as where they're going to kind of need him the most um, after the draft is over. So like you said, to be determined on that one. But right now he's being drafted way regardless of what happens in the draft. If you're dependent on rookies to kind of push him down, He's been drafted way too low. Like I- I'm talking, this is like super value. If you can put a Josh Jacobs and a Cordero Patterson together in a PPR league as your running backs one and two, and you focused solely on getting the stud wide receivers at the beginning of the draft, you can find yourself in fantasy heaven. Hey, real hop- quick, real I'm, quick, Zay, I tell you what I would do, guys out there. If you ever come into what Zay's saying, where you do get a Singletary. And you, you went zero running back. You got to still wide receivers. I would draft him to trade him because I will hope that he too. have. Yeah, I will hope he have one of those breakout one or two weeks. Game one because Wednesday is crazy high. <laughs> right. Do you have you have a guy that's starting out a little slow? You know that we know that's gonna put in work in yep. other places like that they do every year and, and make that kind of move. But go ahead, Kerry. That makes sense. That makes a whole lot of sense. Sometimes when you get to a certain point in the draft. 
you can't look at what's going to work best for my team. You have to look at what's the best asset on the board. Sometimes right. in our draft, you know, I might get an extra quarterback just because there's no running back on the board that I like. And I know I'm going to be able to move that quarterback for a running back. And I got right. decent enough running backs to get me through week one and two as long as there's no injury. So right. sometimes you have to think outside of the box and not draft as if this is going to be your team. And also know your league because maybe your league doesn't trade. And, and you need right. to draft as if that's going to be your team. But Correct. Correct. In the leagues that I'm going to be a part in for more than one year, it better be some damn trading going on. Or I'm out. So right. that's just me. Um, last running back on the board and, and tight ends will be kind of quick. But Marlon Mack, you can literally get with the very last pick of your draft right now. As of this moment, in my opinion, based on talent and the opportunity, he may be the starting running back for the Houston Texans. Again, they haven't drafted yet, and there are some rookies that can definitely change that. But Marlon Mack still has it, and I haven't seen it from David Johnson now in a while. And I'm not even exactly sure why he's still on that team. I'm surprised they didn't cut him for contract reasons because I don't believe his dead cap is much to speak of. But Marlon Mack, again, if you're going zero running back and you're looking, you know, you get to that part of the draft where it's just like, oh, okay. Let me throw something up and see what sticks. Injury is the only thing that will derail him. But when you're getting him that late, he has a good week one, puts up numbers, scores a touchdown or two, off he goes, just so that way you don't even have to deal with the injury risk. I don't know. I really I really like the value of Mac Martin injury. Return out of Mac. Hold on. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I like him. He's definitely a riser. And if you are going to zero running back strategy, this would be your guy. I like to have a basket of run. If, if I go zero running back, I like to have a basket of running backs. So I will have Singletary, Penny, and Mac. You know what I mean? And I can have all three of those guys and I can, you know, mix and match according to my matchups and things of that nature and see which one takes off. He definitely a riser. He can't go nowhere but up. He had two, uh, had an injury riddle season a year before. Played a little bit last year, but not much. He did show that he had something left in the tank. And he's the only guy there on the – I mean, it's him and Burkhead, so he doesn't have much competition. Oh, I forgot about Burkhead. Is David Johnson's gone? Yep. Where did he go? He, he uh, He's just a free agent. Mm -hmm. I did not know he was a free agent. Okay, so it's just, so that, that makes it even more valuable then because Burkhead is just a dude. I've, so, I've seen plenty of years of Burkhead. He, he didn't take anybody's job on the Patriots. So if, if you can't – win a job on the Patriots and they, they'll run four running backs out there. And he was pretty much only out there when somebody was injured. Yeah. I'm not worried about Burkhead too much. With Mac, it's one, it's another one of those things that it's, it's draft dependent. If they clear the draft and they don't get anybody depending on name, this is going to be the best gold mines ever. And I think he's going to be a huge riser. I just don't see a situation where they don't get like with Isaiah Spiller or Damian Pierce. Much as I love Mac, I don't think, especially Isaiah Spir uh, Spiller, if he get there, that's what, that's his job over Mac. But Mac is a gold mine for real for real. I think he's gotta wait to the draft because even in the third or fourth rounds, it doesn't matter depending on the, the player because how the running backs are valued, they can easily become the go-to guy. But it all depends on the person. But Mac is a phenomenal goal mine. I wish I had a part of him in Dynasty right now. Hey, hey, real, hey, real quick, Zay. I'm sorry. But, you know, that's the first trade I made when I came into the league. If you yeah. notice, mm -hmm. I was like, yo, I'm going to get this guy because nobody's going to think he's what have much value. They're going to give him to me. And it worked out for me. So... And that's exactly what other people can do right now, or at least yeah. attempt to do. Well, it's kind of late now because he's on the team. But, you know, you know, when I came out league, he was still on the coach and the four-string running back or whatever over there. So I just, you know, foresee him getting a job, 
somewhere. And you know what I mean? So definitely, man, kudos to you if you did that as well in your leagues. But this this is definitely a gem. And moving on over to the tight ends, the tight end segment will be a little bit quicker. There's not a whole lot of information to deep dive into, just a little bit of speculation. And then also looking at the situation in and of itself that these guys find themselves in. First tight end up, Dalton Schultz of the Dallas Cowboys and Irv Smith of the Vikings. I believe that Schultz is in a position to where he's going to be the main red zone guy. Zeke isn't what he used to be. So a lot of the, the touchdowns that he used to be able to punch in, he doesn't quite get there anymore. And the fact that Cooper, who was their main big threat in the red zone, the fact that he's going and now they have guys that are a little bit smaller in stature and Lamb and Gallup as their main wide receivers, I can see this being one of those seasons where you can kind of, you know, wait on tight end. You get a Schultz type guy and he's going to be able to pull in touchdowns, even if he doesn't max out on yards. But if you watched football last year, he was actually a go-to guy even with Cooper still being there. But you saw when Cooper got hurt, Dak started to lean on him in the past game as well as the red zone. So I think Schultz is going to be a huge value. As far as Irv Smith is concerned, I believe that Irv Smith would have been a serious breakout candidate last year. He got hurt, so wasn't able to do anything. Him coming back this year, I think, puts him on a discount. And people, you can really get him with your last pick right now in drafts. I'm sure that'll change possibly as we see him healthy in the offseason going through, you know, camps, maybe preseason, things of that nature. Even if it goes up slightly, he's still a guy that you can get like right before you pick your kicker and defense. If you still have kickers and defenses in your leagues, which I'm a huge fan of getting rid of those altogether. There's nothing worse than losing because of a kicker and there's there's no skill to it. But that's another soapbox for another day. But I believe that Earth Smith is going to be one of those guys again late round tight end you can get him and he can actually end up being one of the reasons why you win this coming year i like both of them i think they're both rises but i'm gonna touch on Irv smith because i got a i got like a, a football crush on him man i think he was gonna be i think he was gonna have a thousand yards had he not got hurt fortunately injury derailed certain things but i just think his um focus in the offense is gonna be dynamic he's a great player and i like even when he was healthy those five i think he had five touchdowns that year they gave it to him in different ways almost like kelsey ended rounds he did you know spectacular catching at the back of the end zone like they just did so much to get him involved and he he's just a young player but an ascending player you know Kirk Cousins love him and he only spoke great and phenomenal things about him and Kirk Cousins doesn't really bolster up his receivers like that in, in the media shows like you said is Schultz I think he's gonna be a good one with both of them, what I like about them is that you can go ahead into the tight ends and let's say like after, you know, Hawkinson or Goddard, you can just wait till then. Yep. Got to start pulling the trigger on one of these guys. Now, I'm with you on that, on both of those guys. Uh, it's, it's one of those things as well. If you go zero running back, I got a strategy as well called zero tight end. And usually if you don't get the top tier guys, if you don't get the Kelsey of the world or kid all the world those kind of guys like that then you can man you can pick your tight end very last yeah Damn, bro. you know what i'm saying it could really it can literally be your last pick or last, pick. last pick and still get a valuable tight end i think a guy like herb smith will probably be down there you know a lot of people don't really know about him he's, he's going undrafted kind of, right now y'all see here we go hey there you go 
And I think he does take a leap. He said he should be a riser. He should take that next leap. I even think you're going to see a lot more targets as well, I think, because Adam Thielen is probably starting to kind of dwindle a little bit. I'm surprised he wasn't slow traded, honestly. Yeah, so I think he's going to definitely be uh, one of those ones. And, and with Schultz, I mean, the situation in is just more ideal for him, uh, being that the pass catches are out of town and what they have there. So you definitely should see uh, both of them should be risers. The next two guys that we have up, Robert Tanyan and David Njoku. Robert Tanyan, guys, He's going to be one of the only targets that Aaron Rodgers has actually thrown to prior to this year that's healthy and capable of putting up decent numbers. We'll see whatever we see from, you know, the rookies that they may draft or, you know, from the guys that are currently on the team that may step up. But Robert Tunyon, speaking fantasy-wise, it has been one of the only surprises. Again, he's one of these guys that got injured last year, so people kind of forgot all about him. But he was targeted heavily in the red zone whenever it didn't go to Adams. It kind of went to Tanyan prior to injury. So I believe that Robert Tanyan is one of those guys that you can definitely get. Again, even if you don't pick a tight end in the draft at all, and you wait for a trade, and you open up a roster spot, Robert Tanyan will be there. So Njoku, who has never played with a Deshaun Watson type, and with his athleticism and with the use of the tight end in this particular offense, with the fact that they they franchised him, which means that they definitely aren't looking to pay him that kind of money to not use him. And also looking at the fact that in Houston, one of the positions that Watson, even when he had wide receivers available, utilized the most was tight end. I think this is going to be a, a nice marriage here. So again, this is going to be one of those tight ends that you can get at the tail end of it all. And his upside or ceiling can be tight in one week. I don't. I, I think it's going to be another one of those situations where it looks good, but it's not going to end out good. For which uh, one? Najoku. Okay. Um, okay. I know you say they franchise him, and that seemed like yeah, we should want to get this guy involved with Pamela's money. But hell, they just had the highest dude came in as the highest paid tight end in the league. This is true, but and he didn't but do. That was with he, Baker though. But he. Uh, but this is an offense that usually get the tight end involved, and he didn't do nothing. You know what I'm saying? Like, you pay him all this bread, he got there, what happened? And also, I know Harrison Bryant is there. I know yeah. he's more kind of a blocker, but uh, he's still there. The offense is not going to be that predictable where, okay, when he's in, we're running. When he's in, we're passing the ball. I just don't like any of these tight ends at all, to be honest with you, even with Tanya. If you look back two years ago mm-hmm. and then coming into uh, last season, you was thinking Tanya was going to make a leap himself. But Aaron Rodgers didn't throw him the ball no more. It was like, damn. Two years ago, he was this dude was involved. You know what I'm saying? He's one of the, he finished one of the higher um, tight ends in the league. Then last year, he didn't look his way at all. Didn't, so he wasn't Adams injured that year. Was wasn't if I recall correctly? I, I want to say when Tanya really got involved, Adams he either had some some tic tac injuries or he was out for a few games or something happened. Well, you know, Tanya had that. Remember, he had that. I think he had like one blowout game that kind of like boosted his. I think he may had like a four touchdown game. And it and it put him on top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ranking wise, kind of bolster him a good bit. Yeah. So he had some big games like that. But um, he he finished third. I mean, like let's 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 be clear. The guy finished third out of tight ends that year. Third. You see what I'm saying? So <laughs> going into the season, you would think, wow, this dude about to jump off the board. You know what I mean? But 
it may be necessary case. now though with with Adams going and like I don't I would think that they're going to get you know they're going to draft someone but but who who knows what happens as far as that's concerned but as of right now there is no dependable pass catcher on the team like right. of of all the guys there I think Tyen probably has had more targets than any of them. Will, that, that'll right. be one of those things we'll see I, I, I kind of think guys. they're both are like fallers in a way in my opinion yeah, I can agree with that. I think I would lean Tanyan to be a riser. Only in, like like favorable, he is one of the few targets coming back next year. And we seen with it when healthy, like he I don't know, Rogers seem to hit him on a lot of intermittent like intermittent passes. Like I've seen him throw it twenty yards too, yeah. pass, just like boom, boom. But like they, they have a lot of rapport and chemistry with each other. And with an offense that's gonna be look to um run the ball heavier this year, I think that's a nice fall point for him. He's not somebody I'm like, oh, he's gonna be my first tight end, but I can grab him in confidence and, and look at his upside to project him to be um a great tight end. With Njoku is just like uh so, some of what Vander was saying. Harrison Bryant to me is his Achilles. And honestly, that's the reason why Austin Hooper ain't no, no longer on the team. If I if I get in Joku, it's one of those things like if I'm um what is that? When I'm in like if I, in Dynasty, I'ma keep him in Dynasty. I'm stashing on Dynasty, but in year round, it's one of them people I'm gonna keep him in the back of my head because if for whatever reason Joku gets hurt, Harrison Bryant might be the starter the rest of the way. Like he's that good of a talent. And for him to catch three touchdowns as the third tight end, it's no, it's not by coincidence that he caught that many touchdowns. And Joku does get get nicked up quite a bit he's he's had several knee and ankle injuries so that's definitely something to keep in mind good point there the last tight end i have on the list it actually we'll go ahead and pair him up with another guy i have zach Ertz, the cardinals and let's go with dawson knox of buffalo as the last two guys to round this thing out i believe that zach Ertz is going to be a sleeper tight end they they're kind of kind of revamping things on the fly they went and grabbed him, you know, during the season last year. And we see that he kind of immediately got involved while not even really having the offense completely under grasp. And then you got injuries from your number one wide receiver and your quarterback. So most of last year, we didn't really get to see the synergy that may be there when all parties involved are there. So I can definitely see him being a little higher than where he's going to be drafted. Again, this is one of these guys that you can get pretty late as well. With Dawson Knox, I don't believe the Bills brought in O.J. Howard for nothing. And because of their propensity to run it in, whether it be the running back or the quarterback running the ball in, there aren't quite as many red zone opportunities for tight end in that particular offense, especially if those wide receivers either stay where they are or take a step forward. So I can see Knox going from being one of the tight end darlings to kind of falling back to the pack. And then maybe maybe a Irv Smith kind of taking the place of what Dawson Knox was able to do on last year. So I see Dawson Knox as a faller. I see Ertz as a riser. And I like both of these guys talent-wise, but considering the situations, I'm going to say they both are kind of fallers. Dawson Knox for some of the things you alluded to. You got another tight end, just as much talent as you have, as you have coming in. Already have slow weapons. You're going to see the, the emergence of Davis at wide receiver. You still have Diggs there. Right. You have a quarterback that's running. He could, like you said, Don't forget McKenzie. Get, you got McKenzie, who's not going to take a probably a bigger role now that Emmanuel Sanders out of town. I'm going to put him – and it's crazy, though, because it seemed like Knox is one of Allen's favorite targets. 
So they do have a pretty good chemistry there. If you watch the Bills play, with just with the additions and everything that's going on, I got him as a faller. The same thing for Ertz. I mean, I don't want to say Ertz is a faller. He's still kind of guy I feel like it'd be more cruise. Probably get you 700 yards receiving and maybe five, six touchdowns, some of that nature. So I don't really want to say he's a faller. I think he's just going to do more cruising than anything. But uh, it's just funny. I think you could find more value under these guys in the in your drafts. Yeah. Um, like we, just a guy we talked about earlier, like a Irv Smith. I think Irv can have a better season than both of these guys. Yeah. Who would be picked later? So don't Even, get caught in no man's land and just pick a guy for the sake of doing it. Right. When you like, you know, something else. Right. Like, I need a tight end. So let me, you know, a lot of people in their drafts, they're looking at their roster as they're picking, as the draft is going on. And they say, hmm, oh, tight end is missing. Let me go to the tight ends. And right. Like, no, just go grab another position or best value on the board. Maybe there's somebody you can move in a trade later and bolster another position. Even a guy like an Albert O, I think, can have a season. Yep. You're that, right. That's going to get picked later. They could have a season that Dawson may have, considering yep. all the people around him. You see what I'm saying? So so that's how I feel about these guys. They're kind of both fallers, but Ertz more of a cruiser. Yeah, I like Ertz as a riser more so than Knox. Only I just like how he was utilizing the offense, especially in third down. You take away a AJ Green and uh, losing um, the other weapon, Christian Kirk too. Kirk, yeah, I just think he's gonna just fit right in there. And I feel like he just carried what he did with the Eagles right over to the Cardinals. But I think they're gonna definitely look to get him heavily involved with Knox, like you said, just OJ. OJ's the big thing, and he's a big target in the red zone. I think that's where Knox benefited of, of last year. And that pretty much wraps up the show for this week. If you guys are looking for us on the socials, our biggest group by far is the Facebook group. That's Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. We are on Instagram at Fantasy Fiend and on Twitter at Fantasy underscore Fiend. Next week, we are going to be getting down and dirty with these rookies. The rookie extraordinaire, bro, Joe, is going to be putting his skill set on display. And we're going to get you ready for the NFL draft, which is now, I want to say, like 18 days away. We're like really close. It's like really close. Uh, Who some of these rookies are that you should be keeping an eye on and what it will mean depending on their landing spots. And you're going to have a leg up, especially in Dynasty, where you'll be able to get some guys, maybe even as free agents that people didn't know anything about, but based on landing spot, that they have a pretty significant opportunity. You'll also be in a situation to her, as, as Vander was saying before, when you find yourself in no man's land, you look for value. A lot of times running backs and, and as of late, wide receiver rookies have been just the bill of the ball, if you will, as far as drafting and as far as fantasy is concerned, as far as value is concerned because you can get them before they blow up. And the next thing you know, you have a piece that you can trade or keep if you trade one of the more well-known guys uh, that may be able to bring back a little bit more than the rookie that you see popping off. So any parting words, guys? Yeah, listen to me. I could take it to the promised land. That's for all the listeners out there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Listen to me, man. I'm going to get you there. I'm going to get you that win. I'm going to get you that win in your office, you know, at your job, the fantasy football league you're in. I'm going to get you that dub, man. Pay attention to me as well. Pay attention to my my guys, man. My boy Joe, my boy Zay. These guys are extremely knowledgeable, and we going to get you that dub in your league. I promise you. Just pay attention. Listen to us, man. 100%. We will get you there, without a doubt. And we out.